Hi guys and welcome to episode 9 of the Around the World podcast. This week's episode is with Stuart Langworthy who is manager of the England over 60s walking football team. He's also interim manager of the England women's over 40s football uh, walking football team and he's also played his part in a We Are Undefeatable campaign. This is a campaign supporting those with long-term health conditions to be more active. I've been trying to make this podcast as inclusive as possible uh, to talk about a variety of topics within football. So I feel like Stuart's absolutely perfect for this week's podcast. And he'll talk to us about the benefits of walking football, both the physical and mental benefits. And he'll also talk to us a bit about his career, really, and how he got involved in it. It's a podcast that I've been quite excited about. And as I said, it should be interesting for both myself and you as listeners. So I hope you all enjoy. Okay, so hi guys and thanks for uh, tuning into this week's podcast. Um, I'd like to welcome Stuart Langworthy onto the show for this week um, and he is the manager of England men's um, over 60s walking football and I believe interim manager for England women's over 40s football. Um, so tell me if I'm right on that, Stuart, first of all. Yep, yep, that's correct. And, uh, and the most recent thing is to to be heading up the We Are Undefeatable virtual walking football team as well. So uh, walking football's keeping me busy at the moment. Excellent, yeah. Um, and we'll come on to all of those individually later on. Um, but yeah, if you could just begin uh, really by just giving us a brief introduction of yourself um, and sort of how you got into walking football. Okay, uh, right, potted history. I'm 59 years old. Uh, my career is as a teacher. I've, I've been teaching business studies for nearly 40 years now. I uh, started playing football uh, at primary school, really, like most people do, and all through senior school in Cardiff, where I grew up, and then uh, through university. Moved to Gloucestershire uh, when I was in my young 20s. Um, played for a team, a couple of teams in the area. Uh, when I had um, young boys, uh, I became a founder member of a team called Aramid Rovers, where I coached, um, and I was chairman there for 21 years. Uh, at the age of 47, uh, I had to have a hip replacement. Um, I was still playing on the Saturday uh, before having the operation on the Monday. So I played 11 aside, dragging my leg around the pitch, had a hip replacement on the Monday. And I thought at that point, probably football was over. Um, I did manage uh, an 11 aside team for my youngest son. So it's a, a men's third team. Um, and I did try and come on for five or 10 minutes here and there, but I realized I couldn't really play 11 aside football anymore. And then, uh, probably about six years ago, I, I saw an article in a paper about a group of men playing walking football, contacted them, got involved, and within a couple of months of playing, we were in a national final, which I couldn't believe that, you know, the level I was playing at there, having only just started the game. Went back to my club, Avenue Rovers, and we set up a walking football team there, and we came second on a couple of occasions and third on a couple of occasions nationally won FA awards and things like that and basically I, I was hooked and um, I've been playing walking football ever since so that's now about six years and and I honestly believe that walking football is, is saving people's lives it's such a, a fun game for the older generation usually but not, not specifically not just for the older generation but um, you know, if people have played football in their past and they've had to give up, and if, if you've played any kind of team sport, getting back into a walking sport like walking football brings back all the memories and you can pretend that you're a teenager again and uh, get out and have all the banter and all the fun 
So it, it's, it's brilliant for physical and mental fitness and, and health and well-being. Yeah, thanks very much for that, Sue. That's a fantastic in- introduction uh, there for yourself uh, for, for walking football. Um, so as you said to me before, we, we began recording the podcast as well. You've always had an, in- um, an interest in football. You've, you know, you've lived and breathed football throughout your life um, and with Abbey Mead Rovers as well. Um, so, yeah, as you said about walking football, to me, it really seems like, well, f- firstly, for those people who um, believe that maybe they're too old to p- play football. I mean, you're never too old to play football, especially with walking football, which is, seems to be growing more and more at the moment. And I'm hearing, you know, more and more about it, especially over the last couple of years. I'd say that maybe three years ago, I didn't know what it was. But now I'm seeing more and more adverts in my local um, like football centres and things. Um, so, yeah, if you just wanted to talk to us really but uh, a little bit more about the benefits of it, you think, as well, and just how accessible uh, it, makes, it makes football for people. OK, I mean, I suppose there are probably over 60,000 people playing walking football now in, in Britain. Really? I it's ma- it's yeah. a massively growing yeah. sport. It's huge. And um, all you need to do is, uh, if anyone's interested in playing, you just go on to the WFA website, or, or even your local county FA website and put in walking football and it will come up with a whole load of, of clubs in your area um, where you can contact and get involved. It, it's an incredibly inclusive sport. Um, there are clubs who who will limit the amount of people, but the vast majority of clubs like like mine, Abbey Drovers, uh, it's a pay-and-play process. So if, t- if 12 people turn up, we'll have a game of six aside. If... if more turn up we'll have three teams of six aside and sometimes if the numbers aren't right we'll play more aside you know but it's it's just an incredibly accessible inclusive game uh we at my club we tend not to have training just for 50s or just for 60s uh everyone joins in we've got uh, a couple of guys in their 30s one with a heart condition who has been told he can't play 11 aside we've got one in his late 30s who's recovering from a stroke our oldest wow. player is 76, and basically we all join in. We all play. Um, we, we're careful around the older guys uh, and those with, with injuries, but we all we all join in and we all play. Um, if, if we've got a league game coming up, we might have a an extra training session just for the 50s or just for the 60s. But generally speaking, at club nights, now everyone just joins in and has fun, and people stay for a coffee or a beer afterwards. Uh, at least they can do now that the the bar is open again. Course, yeah, and it, it's just it's just great fun, you know. In terms of uh, well, the, the WFA is sort of three three words to sum up walking football: fun, friendship, and fitness. Um, and it, it's you know the majority of people who come will tell you that they come there they they go for the fun, and lockdown really proved that because. You know, no offence to anyone, but people have been locked up in their houses with the same people for yeah. for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. And what what people enjoyed most about getting back out was the banter, yeah, um, and just having fun. So for physical and mental health and well being, walking football is well, and other walking sports are just fantastic. Um, and everyone just just has a good laugh together. Yeah, that and it's, it's just brilliant. Yeah, no, I was sorry, I was just about to totally agree with you. I mean, obviously, the, the physical impacts uh, of walking football, you know, are there to see, as you've said, improving fitness. And um, especially if you've got any, you know, form of condition, or even if you haven't, um, you know, the aspects in terms of fitness there, um, it can definitely help. But for me, 
the mental aspect of it seems to you know be such a fantastic idea i mean mental health fortunately is becoming more of a topic at the moment that people are beginning to understand more about and talk more about um so for maybe well to begin with older people or any people that uh, are suffering from lonely uh, sort of loneliness um, I'd say, you know, myself doing lockdown, you know, I, I've struggled not being able to go out and socialise with my friends uh, or or anything like that. So this, you know, walking football can only be a good thing for people, you know, even like myself, who are just uh, maybe struggling a little bit at the moment and not, you know, able to get out and enjoy the sports that they, they love. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the one of the rules. I mean, obviously, walking football is very different to association football. So it's it's six aside matches are. It's below head height. It's no running. Yeah. It's non-contact. The WFA rules are very very clear about non-contact. Now, now clearly, um, after lockdown, when we were allowed to play again in bubbles of six with you know keeping socially distanced two meters those rules of non-contact were perfect because we, we were able to get back and start at least playing football or some kind of football um you know by keeping social distancing and what what, what i put together for our club and we, we shared it was training routines which were you know warm-up drills and dribbling and passing drills and we always finished up with a 3v3 a zonal game where where people weren't able to come into contact, but it was all about possession and moving the ball forward. So, you know, the, the rules of the game suited um, coming out of lockdown. We're now playing six v six matches, but uh, or training matches again with no contact though. So um, it, it's it's perfect, and people are loving it. We you know we're getting twenty plus to our sessions now at the club, and I'm hearing hearing similar things. Uh, across the country but uh, certainly that rule of non-contact it, it's really important at the moment in helping people to keep their keep their distance and there, there will always be contact just as people like myself as well will say i wasn't running but you know you probably were <laughs> of course. without realizing it you know you put me on 11 side pitch and ask me to run and i can't but yeah. put me on a walking football pitch and tell me to walk and st- some people still think that i run but i, I can imagine that's I, life. yeah I, I can imagine um yeah the temptation there uh to to you know <laughs> maybe just put, put on a little bit of a jog if you if you can think you can get there a bit quicker to the ball must definitely be there it is, and that's why good refereeing is essential. I mean, the WFA runs a, a referees course. We've got hundreds of referees now being, uh, who are trained and qualified um, and have been assessed. And, you know, that needs to be filtered down because the, what tends to happen is, because it's still a growing game, uh, it, there is, there's a lot of inconsistency. So it all depends on what facility you've got. At my club, we've got a, um, an AstroTurf where you can put two 6v6 pitches. Some, some places can only play in an indoor leisure centre or on a, on a full-size AstroTurf where they've got a quarter. So, you know, it all depends on what facilities you've got as to what walking football looks like in in your sort of area but what's really important is you have a good referee because in most club sessions they tend not to have referees so therefore people do tend to run a lot more and and it becomes a bit more like a sunday morning sort of game game of football for old men as opposed to a a proper game of walking football so it's really important to get the referees filtered down to club level so that when teams do go and play in tournaments they they know what to expect in terms of the quality and standard of refereeing of course um, um we'll come on to it a little bit later as well but as you were saying you know um 
of walking football uh, is definitely there for you know the fun aspect and is accessible to anyone. But also, it's it's played at quite a high level, and we'll we'll come on to that um, a bit later. And I'm sure as the sport, I mean, I had no idea that it was at sixty thousand people. I'll be honest, I I knew it was becoming a lot bigger, but that's you know that's great to hear from my view. And as we said before the podcast to each other. I can only see walking football growing, uh, to be honest. I think it's going to reach more and more football centres. Uh, I think more, more and more people sign up. And hopefully as that happens, facilities will start to get better. Um, understanding will, be, will start to be, uh, become a lot better. And ultimately, the sport's only going to improve. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the WFA has been formed now for five, six years with, with the specific aim of being the governing body for just for walking football. Clear, clearly, the FA is the governing body for association football and various other types of football. But yeah. from from their point of view, walking football often is, is a bit lower down the list of priorities. Yeah. Um, so when their return to play guidelines came out, it was literally 15 pages of about how to get competitive football up and running again 11 side but there was one question and answer about walking football so you know the wfa hopefully fills that void where we specifically concentrate on walking football and what what's right for the game because there are over 50 differences between association football and walking football and ideally it would be great if we could get the sport recognized with sport england which is what we're trying to do as a a unique sport because it is so different but you're right, I, I can just, we, we know that it's growing worldwide. Yeah. Um, I mean, with, within the last six months, I've been to Guernsey, Malaysia, Singapore, uh, Cyprus, Crete, and Rwanda. Wow. Um, you know, just running coaching courses there and refereeing courses there and helping them to understand the game and, you know, helping the game to grow in, in those places. And it's it's been incredibly rewarding. You know, these, these countries are very keen to learn how the game is played properly. And as a result of doing some of those things, a lot of those countries are now looking forward to, you know, taking part in our World Nations Cup yeah. in Manchester uh, in 2021. Oh, excellent! No, that that sounds um, good to hear. Um, a bit of a silly question here, but obviously, um, just because I don't think we've specified it yet. So, the WFA stands for Walking a Football Association. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's right. No, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, um, you said you travelled all over the uh, the world with it recently. Um, and is it? Have you, is there a date confirmed for the tournament next year in twenty twenty one? We were hoping for the end of May. Of course, the, the problem has been with so much uncertainty of uh, around the start of the season. We've we've got access to the um, the ground at Man City, um, the Etihad complex, oh, wow. okay. not, not to the main stadium, but yeah. to the academy stadium where the and where the women play. Yeah. Um, so we've got access to that, uh, but obviously they can't give us a date until they get their fixtures through and they know when their season finishes. Um, but it's looking like it's going to be the last weekend in May or the first weekend in in June. Yeah. Uh, so as soon as we know, we'll we'll obviously let it be known. But I mean, we we were supposed to have it this year, and we we were quite hopeful that we would get something like twelve teams at each age group, at over fifty and at over sixty. Yeah. Um, we know now that we're going to be turning teams away. Yeah. We should be getting sixteen at each age group because there are loads and loads of new countries coming forward generally speaking one a week will register with us and Fantastic. register their interest to come to the world cup it's it's just brilliant how it's growing yeah that's a very exciting time for um for, for walking football and i tell you what to uh, to secure the facilities at the uh, etihad i know you said you haven't got the main stadium but i tell you what, i've walked past the academy uh, complex i think it was a couple of years ago 
and is absolutely fantastic, isn't it? The facilities they they have, there. and that's just for me walking past. So. Uh, oh. It, it, it's stunning, and we're, we're very yeah. lucky. We've got the full support of Andy Burnham, the mayor of Manchester, yes, yeah. uh, Manchester FA, Lancashire FA, um, Marketing Manchester, and all the age groups in age concern type groups in Manchester are fully behind us. So we, we got fantastic support from the city of Manchester because they, they want to become the, the, the sort of sports city central of of the UK of okay. England. So. Um, they're they're right behind us, and they're really really pleased that we've we've chosen their city to go and you know stage the World Cup, really. Yeah, that's 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 excellent news. Um, so yeah, I wanted to really sort of come on to yourself now, um, and talk about you you you, man, you mentioned how you sort of got into walking football through Abbey Mead Rovers, um, but so were you called up to the um to the England uh, over fifties team to begin with? What we've um, I, I went for a trial for the fifties, right? Um, didn't didn't get in. I I, I applied for the role of manager. Oh. Okay. And got got that role of the over sixties manager. I got on very 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 well with Paul Murtar, who's the manager of the over fifties. Even though I do question his judgment sometimes <laughs> on not picking me for yeah. the fifties. <laughs> joking, joking apart. And no, we, we held the trials. Um, we had four trials across the country, and we both selected our squads. Um, I didn't get into that. But another thing that we've done recently in order to help ourselves with the selection of, of new players, but also to give players a, a sort of stepping stone is we've created regional teams. Okay. So across across England, we've now got five regional teams and uh, they are a stepping stone between club football and international football. And it makes it a lot easier. I mean, we're, we're all voluntary. There's Every person involved in the WFA is a volunteer. Really? Okay. So for me to go from Gloucester up to see, to watch players in Newcastle yeah. is, is very it's very difficult and you know for a new sport the sponsorship isn't quite there yet so I mean to, to do that I wouldn't even get expenses to go up there so you know um, we had to find a way of seeing these players develop and seeing them come through so what we've now got is um, we've managed to secure sponsorship from Farm CTU to run a national league so that national league will have southeast, southwest, central, northeast, northwest, and they will play against each other three or four times a year, which means that we will get to see all the best players playing against each other three or four times a year, and from that we will then be able to select our our squads and spot new players as, as they come through. Oh, it's a good yeah, that's a fantastic idea. That is, I think that's a brilliant way. Um, that's it's interesting. You know, when you have little money to get things um, sorted, it's fantastic. Sort of the way. People um, create create things, and I think that's a, that's a brilliant way of doing it. Yeah, we've been we've been very lucky that, that there isn't a great deal of money around at the moment. It's it's something that does amaze me. I mean, walking football does does tick a lot of boxes. I would have thought for a lot of these businesses who are involved yeah. in pensions or equity release or or you know care homes or funeral yeah. planning and things like that, yeah, yeah. you'd think that it it ticks every box. But but getting the money out of businesses even before the current financial situation wasn't wasn't easy. So I, you know I, I pay tribute to companies like Pure Retirement and to Farm CTU who have stepped forward with with reasonable sums of money and supported us. So really, without without them, it would be very very difficult. Yeah, of course. Um, so now I was sort of wondering if you could. Um Talk to us really about your success then with the England over 60s team um, and particularly the WFA European Nations Cup. Yeah, we played the first game at the Amex Stadium in um, Brighton against okay. Italy, uh, where which we won. Uh, well, we've, we've won all of our games apart from one. We went back to Italy 
and we lost one game, uh, 1-0. Uh, this is just the over-60s. The over-50s are undefeated, although they've drawn right. two games now. Um, the game we lost was an interesting one because we must have had 30 shots on target against their one, and their one hit someone's heel and that's, dribbled over the line, and everything we hit just wouldn't go in that day. But that's <laughs> football, isn't it? Yeah. Or walking football. But, um, yeah, the, the European nations, um, it was it was meant to be a bigger tournament, but it actually was. Um, and it was quite disappointing, really, for the players and everyone involved that it turned out that there were only three teams at, at each age group. But, you know, we, we weren't prepared to, to lower our standards. The WFA, you know, wanted it to be a nation's uh, cup. We wanted uh, countries to have held trials and select the teams and we weren't prepared to let club teams come in and, and represent their country so uh, it meant that there were only three um, but we beat Wales and Italy in the qualifying games and then went on to beat Italy in the final so brilliant that we've we've won the first ever European Nations Cup there will be another one uh, not next year but the year after and Italy it looks like they'll, they will host it yeah Italy will host um, but, it you know, sorry, as I was saying, you know, that since then, where there were only three countries, now it's looking like at each age group we're going to get something like sixteen countries for the world wow. for the World Nations yes. Cup next year, and we may even have to turn some away. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Um, so you're currently now the interim manager of England over forties women as well. Yeah, well, uh, we decided that uh, the game was growing at such a rate that there were a number of women's clubs starting to form around the country. There was a, an annual competition called the Dick Kerr Cup, which was held for women. And um, we felt the time was right to, to sort of hold trials again. We held two trials. And with the WFA, we, we don't we don't expect people to pay for a trial. You know, if a trial's running, we expect, you know, we want to put on a professional uh, exhibition really for them and, and, and opportunity and people came along for the trials and we, we selected an over 50s team and an over 40s team. Um, and around about the same time, we also selected an over 70s team. I think the thing about walking football, it is mixed. Yeah. But what, what we found is having held the... Uh, women's trials is the women really liked playing with and against other women. Um, the, the biggest problem that we've got is that, um, just like in any other growing sport, is, is opposition, credible opposition. Yeah. You know, again, again, there are very few. We're, we're the first country. We're we're trailblazers in our country. We were the first team to have international. Uh, teams of 50s and 60s where we've now the first country to have 40s and 50s women's and an over 70s and an over 75s team and we've now got an over 65s team as well so we've now got seven England teams and you yeah. know the, the difficulty is getting credible position to play against so we're out there searching for, for, for countries that have held some kind of trials and that we can go and what we see, that the main reason why the England teams were, were formed in the very first place two years ago was to raise the profile of the game. And we found that. We found that by us taking an England team over to places, it does create a lot of interest and it does raise the profile of the sport in that country. Exactly that happened when we went to Gibraltar. Um, we were covered quite significantly on Gibraltar TV and they, they noticed a, a significant rise in their membership after we'd been over and 
that's what it's all about, that's really. Right. Sometimes the result doesn't matter. It's about spreading the spreading the word and getting more people involved and helping more and more people to get get up off the couch and get fit and get healthy and and everything else that we've talked about in terms of the benefits of the game. That's right, and um, I'm sure that when the um, World Cup does happen, and I hope it happens, you know, as you say, uh, early next year. Um, virus permitting um, yeah I'm sure that more teams as that gets covered better as well more teams will sign up then again for you yeah I mean we've been we've been very fortunate I mean with the European Nations Cup it was live streamed uh, the games that we had in Guernsey for the women uh, and for the 70s they were live streamed and the, the, the numbers of people who were watching live were encouraging uh, the World Nations Cup in, in Manchester, yes, that will be live streamed as well. Um, so, yeah, the more things like that that we can get out there, and we, the WFA have also got a YouTube channel where, okay. uh, you know, the the games are, are put as well. And people will see, you know, if you, if you look back at the Italy game, you'll, you'll see you probably people would look at it and say, well, there's quite a bit of running in that. But that was two years ago, and we've moved on since then. The quality of refereeing has improved massively since then. You know, the players at that level are start, you know, understanding now that they can't run, they can't go clattering into challenges, you know. So yeah. it, it's, it's a learning curve for everyone. And, you know, mistakes have been made along the way. Well, not mistakes, but, yeah, you know, you learn. Yeah. You learn as you go along and things are improving all the time. And, and, and hopefully that, that will make the, the standard of what we're doing better as you know as we as we go forward that's right um and thanks for mentioning the wfa youtube channel um after the podcast um uh, is released i'll put up the link to that and any other links as well that you're willing to share um i'll, I'll put them up and um if that can help in some way you know to get anyone interested in walking football or even just getting people you know more interested and more aware of it then i'm sure that that's only a good thing Oh, absolutely. I mean, hey, if people listen to this and, and you know, if, if only two or three people think, oh, I quite like the sound of that, then, then it's been worthwhile doing. Of because that, that's what we're all about, is trying to get more people to play the game and understand the, the benefits. Yeah. And uh, it, that, that seems to be a good link into the, the latest development, which I've been involved in, which is yes. We Are Undefeatable. Good time to go and talk about that. That's right. That'd be ideal if you begin talking to me about that. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Okay. Um, well, I was very uh, honoured to receive an email one day, completely out of the blue, from the organisation We Are Undefeatable, um, asking if I would be interested in heading up a virtual walking football team. Okay. Now, um, I, I, the, walk, the We Are Undefeatable is the uh, the campaign uh, designed at helping people with uh, living with a health condition to get up and active and mobile again. Um, a lot of people will, have, will probably be aware of the advert on TV. I know people possibly flick between channels when the adverts come on, but you know, if anyone listening hasn't seen the advert, just go on to We Are Undefeatable website and you'll see the advert. I won't sing the song to you because that'll put people off. But um, <laughs> you know, once you see the advert and hear the song, you'll, you'll know it. You'll, yeah, a yeah. lot of people will have seen it. And, um, yeah, out of the blue, they, they asked if I would be interested in setting up this virtual walking walking football team, which, you know, uh, the concept of virtual walking football team, and uh, through conversation with them, basically um, lockdown has obviously affected everyone, but there are a lot of people out there living with these health conditions who, as, as people came out of lockdown, these people were very nervous about coming out of lockdown who who maybe felt that they were still shielding and they did, they weren't ready to go out and join in with 
activities such as walking football and other things like that which which were starting up so the idea was to uh, find a team originally 10 but we've increased that to 12 so that i could have two teams of six uh, and these are people who, some of whom have played walking football before, some haven't, um, but are all living with a health condition. They, they are the most remarkable group of people. Yeah. I've got uh, one guy, the, the guy is actually at Abbey Mead Rovers, who's recovering from a stroke. Uh, he's there. We've got a guy with Parkinson's. Uh, we've got a transplant patient. Uh, we've got a few people with um, arthritis, uh, diabetes. Um, you name it, all sorts of conditions that these people are living with, which has made life after lockdown difficult for yeah. them. And some of them just don't feel ready to go out yet. So they've joined the We Are Undefeatable virtual walking football team. Um, we've now had three sessions. So how it works is uh, I have a, a Zoom meeting with them each week for 45 minutes to an hour. Um, I plan training sessions for them, which they can do in their back gardens or in their living rooms, or there are three of them who live fairly close together in Somerset, and they all meet up on a Saturday in the local park and they go and do some of the exercises there. Uh, MITRE have very kindly supported this uh, campaign by providing footballs and cones uh, to each of the people. Um, Puma are giving us quite a discount and we're going to get them WFA England shirts. Wow. So these guys are going to be the virtual England, the England virtual walking football team. And the idea is that after 10 weeks of, of doing this stuff virtually, that we will at some point, hopefully if it's safe and healthy to do so, we will all meet up and have a game against each other. Um, and we, we hope to have some celebrities and make a big, big thing of it because it will be a massive achievement Whoa. for these people. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. To, 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 again, it's, it's amazing what you've, you, you guys have done, you know, using a bit of initiative to, to set up something as, as amazing as this. And I'm sure that'll be a fantastic celebration once, once hopefully restrictions allow and it's safe to do so. Um, yeah, how amazing would that be? Yeah. Well, uh, it, it, as I say, they are a remarkable group of people. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to mention as well that there is a, a 10-year-old girl called Imogen who, in lockdown, was inspired by Captain Tom. And she, she set up a challenge to get 7.1 million keep-ups. Okay. Uh, to, and 7.1 comes from the fact that there were 7.1 key workers okay. in the country. Yeah. And she's also got a Just Giving page as well. Um, so she's doing this keep up challenge, and I've I've got our guys to practice doing keep ups every. You know the challenge is to try and do some every day. Yeah. And what I'm doing is I'm recording them every week. So we've got the white team and the red team, so a bit of competition between the two teams as well, and trying to do the keep ups. And in the first week, I think in total we managed about one and a half thousand. Last week they smashed it. They they got over three and a half thousand keep ups between them for the week. So, and already to, I, I'm getting texts in to, from them to say I've done three hundred today. Uh, this simple concept of doing keep ups is is helping them in terms of it gives them a focus to yes, get up I'd and agree. get out into the garden. It, it's improving their balance, their coordination, and they're having fun. And there's this competitive element as well. And it's just such a simple context. And it's working. It, it's it's brilliant. And uh, the sessions I've planned for them have been on ball agility, 
ball skills and passing so far. And I, I get my son to film me in the garden demonstrating these these drills, and then I send them a training drill, if you like, for the week for them to practice. And we've also got lots of quizzes, fun quizzes going on. And I, I tell you that I, I got really quite emotional this week. The feedback that I've had from the, the guys on the team this week has just been absolutely unreal about how they're saying they feel energized, they feel motivated. And they've got one, one, one of the women said, I've got a spring in my step. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, this is Makes just it worthwhile. Work. It's worked out better than, than we, we could have expected, really. Yeah. And um, thing, things like we're doing here, if, if someone grabs hold of this and, and again, gives it more publicity, uh, what they're doing is fantastic. And we, we want to share that with more than the 12 people involved. You know, we want to be able to share these things. I, I, we've had Singapore and Malaysia and Hong Kong involved, in, interested in running similar schemes. Great. So I want, I want to be able to share what we're doing so that... Um, more people can get the benefit because there's there's a lot of people out there with with living you know not with disabilities but living with health conditions yeah of course who could who, who could benefit from playing walking football yeah no I I totally agree with you and again that's that's another fantastic thing that you've you've brought up you know and yeah I mean even me listening to it and I've not been involved in it in any way you know it it makes me sort of become a bit emotional because it's it's great to hear especially that little ten year old girl uh, who who you mentioned. Um, the fact that she's come up with something that's made such a positive impact, you know, to people's lives. Uh, yeah. you know, I think, I yeah. think that's absolutely amazing really. And like I said, I hope it does, you know, continue to grow. Well, if we, and if we can sort of contribute four or 5,000 keep ups a week towards, towards her challenge and help, help to raise pro, the profile of what she's doing and then more people can give to her just, just giving page, then brilliant. We've got 15 major charities in Sport England who are supporting the We Are Undefeatable uh, campaign. So anything that we can do to support each other. Um, the WFA have just linked up with um, Kick It Out as well, uh, and they're supporting what we're doing because, again, uh, you know, the living with a health condition is a, a reason why people sometimes are left out of things, and so they're, they're interested in what we're doing in terms of inclusion uh, and not treating people differently because of, uh, you know, because of living with a health condition. So, you know, the whole thing is just one continuous growth circle, and it's, it's just fantastic that everything is spiralling, and it's just just brilliant it's what's got, happening at the moment. Yeah, it's definitely going in the right direction. Um, I think that brings me nicely, actually, on to, to one of the last things I wanted to talk to you. Um, I wanted to sort of ask you, really, what your what your proudest moment was so far in you know within walking football movement. Um. Crikey, uh, there's been a number. There's been a number. I think yeah. probably the first, the first match, standing on the pitch, arm in arm with the over sixties guys singing yeah. the national anthem. Yeah. Um, when we were out in Crete, uh, be, be, because again, you know, all the, all the players are having to pay. You know, so when we went to Crete, the players paid for their own airfare and their own uh, hotels and things like that. So this is all self-funded. So we're desperate to get some more sponsorship yeah. into the game. But when we went out to Crete. The other 50s team didn't didn't have a, a full squad, and they had a couple of injuries. So I I kind of by default really made up made my way into the squad and stood there as a player. Yeah. Uh, winning my first cap as a player, even though I'm only managed two minutes on the pitch. But hey, you know, again, that was a very proud moment. Of course. Um, to these countries, that that's been incredibly proud going to these countries and sort of representing walking football in England and 
showing what, what can be done. And then finally, yeah, being involved in the We Are Undefeatable has really humbled me. And I'm incredibly proud of what we've achieved in such a short space of time there. Uh, and even down to grassroots, what we achieved at Abbey Mead Rovers, you know, the fact that we've now got four walking football sessions a week and a disability walking football session every week, and we've got 80 people signed up, uh, you know, and that started from my my vision and four people turning up on the first night, you know, and it's grown to that now. And yeah, there's, there's lots of things that have made me incredibly proud of what we've done with walking football really. No, that's great to hear. Um, yeah, all I was going to say is is that um, it you know you shouldn't you should the players definitely shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have to be paying for their own uh, airfares at this level. And uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we haven't really talked about it enough, I'd say, in this podcast. But I mean, you and the other guys, you're representing you know your country. Um, you know, people can say, oh, it's only walking football, you know, or oh, it's over sixties. But you know, you represented your country on an international stage. Um, I think definitely more sponsors, you know, need to get behind this, and I, I, I think they definitely will eventually. I, I hope so, and you know, um, that, that that's the aim. I think the play, the players are fine. I mean, I think when I came into it, uh, take, taking this role, I knew it was a voluntary role. Yeah. Um, I never expected to be paid for it, but what I hoped is that it wouldn't actually cost me too much. Um, but you know, going to all these things, I pay for my own. Airfare. I'm lucky that I've got an incredibly supportive family around me. My wife comes and takes photos, and uh, she's involved in the the 50s ladies as well. My eldest son uh, is a UEFA B qualified coach, and he he is also my uh, over 60s coach. So he comes with me when he can as well. My my youngest son was the mascot in the first game. He dressed up in the uh, England lion for the first game. So the whole family's nice. involved in this. Yeah. And um, yeah, you, you know, you're right. It would be lovely if we've been very lucky in that we've received quite a bit of support from local businesses. And I think in the short term, that's the way forward, that you're more likely to get smaller local businesses supporting individuals rather than the whole thing. But, you know, once again, Pure Retirement and Pharmacy to You have been brilliant in giving us reasonable, you know, decent sponsorship deals. And long may that continue. And we could do with getting more and more of these businesses involved. We need we need one big sponsor, really, to to sort of drive it on and to allow us to do what we what we want to do, really. I agree. Um, and we've we've talked about a lot of fantastic things, you know, already in this podcast. And um, I was just wondering before we finish up, is there sort of anyone or any any more sponsors or anything at all you wanted to give a shout out or speak about before we uh, before we finish up? Um, not really. I mean, I'd just like to thank all the, all of the sponsors because without them it would be very difficult. I I just like to thank all of the players. Uh, you know, who, who I've met locally through my club, uh, regionally through the leagues and all the guys, the, the fantastic guys at, at England and through We Are Undefeatable. You know, I've met some fantastic people and um, it's given me a spring in my step. It's given me a new lease of life. You know, I discovered walking football after I'd um, just been made redundant from a teaching job that I'd held for 32 years. Right. I, I was at quite a low point in my life and walking football helped to pick me back up and has given me a new focus and a new drive and a new determination. And, um, I, I, you know, the people I've met and worked with along the way, Paul Carr at uh, the WFA, who wisely selected me for the role, um, you know, I'd say that tongue-in-cheek, by the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, the people I've worked with, whether they be players at whatever level, 
um, make make it all worthwhile. I've met some fantastic people, and we, we've just we've had a blast. Really, the last few years has been brilliant. Of course, well, I think that all that's left for me to do really is, is is thank yourself for coming on the podcast and to say that you know long may this continue and grow and grow. And I hope um, walking football, yeah, continues to grow in the UK and all over the world, and that you guys get the funding you deserve. So thanks very much for coming on. Thanks, Joe. And just just once again, say if anyone you know who has listened is in, in the slightest bit interested, they can either get in touch with me. Uh, but the, easy, the easiest way to find out at your local club is to go onto the WFA website. Uh, there's a Find the Club page, or go onto your local FA website and, and look it up and get involved because you know there's still a bit of a stigma for 50 year olds. But you, you know what? Don't knock it till you've tried it. Once you get involved in it, you'll absolutely love it. It's great fun. Okay, yeah, I, I know, I totally agree. And thank you very much for coming on tonight. Cheers, Joe. Thank you ever so much for asking. As I said to you earlier, any opportunity to raise the profile of the game. Of course.